the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. It's time now for a smart plain talk regarding politics, Israel, and the law. This is the Victory Hour with Andrew Parker of Parker Daniels Keyboard. Wise counsel, winning results. Now, here's your host, Andrew Parker. I'm impressed with my attorney, Bernie. I'm impressed with his influential friends. He's got very big connections, and I follow his direction. Sunday, 4 o'clock, and that means it's the best hour in radio of the week. It is the Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker, and each week we talk politics, Israel, and the law. This week, no different. A lot of activity in the law from the uh, United States Supreme Court in the last few weeks. Sadly, uh, terrorism runs rampant in certain areas of the state of Israel, requiring the government to protect its citizens from uh, really uh, some of the worst warfare that you can imagine against children, women, grandparents, across the board, civilians without any differentiation. And this time by Islamic Jihad launching out of the West Bank as well as the Gaza Strip. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and Israel's response. You may have read very little about it because when these attacks come into Israel, you do often read or or see that there's little print until the response by the Israelis. Then uh, it it gets front page coverage. Of course, the backstory is not told, unfortunately. But we're also going to talk politics today, and, and more specifically, we are going to have on the show one of the leaders in the United States in our entire political process, and that is the majority whip of the United States House of Representatives, our own Tom Emmer from the 6th District of the state of Minnesota. Republicans having taken the majority in the House. Tom is now the third most powerful in the House of Representatives, and that is the majority whip position. How, uh, the Speaker of the House, of course, then the majority leader, uh, and then the majority whip. And it's really an honor to have Tom on the show. Uh, he'll be on shortly. I wanted to comment uh, about something I was reading a couple of weeks ago. Didn't have time to get it on the show last week. But I thought it might be worth your consideration. 
you may have heard of the uh, psychotherapist Viktor Frankl and his book, Man's Search for Meaning. He um, gave an interview some, oh, 40, almost 45 years ago on the topic of the meaning crisis in our society. And Viktor Frankl is such an interesting person. Uh, He survived the concentration camps as a child. His family was virtually all wiped out. Uh, And he speaks of the meaning of life, having gone through that really defining experience and horrific experience. He speaks about it on this clip. I would recommend it, 1979, Viktor Frankl clip. But um, what he talks about is what he calls the meaning paradox. Uh, why is it harder to find meaning in today's affluent, comfortable society than it was in some of the most horrible living conditions in all respects in concentration camps? Because Frankel recounts the meaning to life experience when you are in that experience. And the enormous numbers of suicide in our society today, whereas the holding on to life was what everything was about in the concentration camps. When giving it up and not understanding the meaning of life would have been so easy. But it really was the flip side. And so he writes about, from a unique perspective, and he speaks about it in this video clip, uh, the antidote to creating meaning in life and why things that, well, we may take for granted, we may not, we may appreciate if we sat and thought about it. But it's hard to in our comfortable society. And he points to three solutions in this clip. One is to, and and most importantly, to um, develop ideals, a value system and ideals for your life, personal examples that you aspire to. And that will allow you to stay on a path that has meaning for you. It's important to consciously sit down and consider those things. Secondly, embrace challenges and tensions along the way. Don't push them aside, avoid them, run away from them when they are in the path that you are on. 
but lean into them. Because those experiences, even the difficult ones, the challenges, the crises, which everyone has, can oftentimes bring the most meaning or ultimately result in the most meaning when you look back. And third, he raises pursuit of personal tasks. Do things that you are excited to do and be who you are excited to be. Create that future with intention. Of course, Frankel gives more detail than this, but those three things, I think, are really important for us, particularly in today's hustle-bustle society, in today's robust, active, uh, but also very comfortable life that we all live. We oftentimes try to aim for and target success as it has been defined for us to give meaning to life. I think that is the wrong approach. And I turn to Frankel uh, for some of his thoughts on it as I've just outlined. Yeah, for you to consider. So we're going to talk with uh, Tom Emmer in just a few minutes. Let me tell you a little bit about the House of Representatives and its history. In the 64 years from 1931 to 1995, 64 years, the Democrats controlled the House of Representatives every year, except for two two-year stints, four years total. 64 years they controlled it. In 1947 to 49, the Republicans took a small, uh, small advantage. And in 1953 to 55, they did again. But other than those two two-year stints, uh, the Democrats controlled for those 64 years. From 1995, then, to the present, 2000, uh, 2023, 28 years, the Republicans have controlled the House of Representatives all but eight years. Two different four-year uh, takeovers by the Democrats. From 07 to 11, the Democrats controlled the House. And from 2019 to 2023, as you know, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats controlled the House again. But other than those eight years, during the 28 years from 95 to 2023, the Republicans have controlled the House, and they do control the House now, once again. And with that control, albeit very narrow control, uh, comes leadership responsibility and the right to set committees uh, and the agenda, most importantly. And the majority whip tries to kit the count and the vote for legislation controlled and understood so that things can move through. And he really is the leader in 
corralling the votes. So we're going to talk to the majority whip on the other side of this short break. Uh, Tom Emmer from the 6th District, the state of Minnesota. A good friend. He's been on the show a number of times, and he's doing an outstanding job. I would say he, he may well be the best member of the House of Representatives and in all of Congress, <laughs> bar none. He is, uh, his word is his bond. He is a uh, true conservative. He stands for what's important and good in our society. And he stands for it, whether it is running upstream or with the crowd. He's got values. And that's Tom Emmer. Living by him. Love him. And I thank him once again for joining us on the Victory Hour. We'll be right back after this short break. Don't miss it. The Majority Whip coming up. Go to ParkerDK.com. In the meantime, stay with us. We're back. And thank you once again for joining us on this beautiful Sunday. We're joined now by... The third most powerful member of the House of Representatives in the majority whip's position, our very own native son, uh, origin, Delano, Minnesota, 6th District of the state of Minnesota, Congressman Tom Emmer, the majority whip of the United States House of Representatives, and a good friend of the show and of mine. Tom, thank you so much for joining us on the Victory Hour. Andrew, it's great to be with you. Thank you for having me. It's been a little while, uh, and it's uh, I'm glad that we're finally able to do this. Really appreciate the work that you do through this show every single week. So I uh, appreciate uh, being able to be part of it. Thanks very much, Tom. You know, uh, people are kind of wringing their hands, uh, worried, uh, having lost the White House, having lost the Senate and the House recently, now gaining the House back, much due to the good work that you did, frankly, Tom. Uh, But they're worried about the Republican brand and whether we can bring it back to winning elections. What are uh, what are your thoughts on that? And what, what do you say to the conservatives out there that, you know, that are have that worry? Well, First off, I mean, you see what one party rule did when it was Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden in charge. Oh, yeah. for two years. It was out of hand. Uh, thankfully, you're right. Uh, we won back a majority last fall. So now we have one half of one third of government. Uh, it's not much. But just with that one half of the one third, we've already been able to do some amazing things in the first six months just to stop the uh, the the uh, it, it race to the left. It used to be a slide, but now it's a race. I mean, you got people here that are Marxist, socialists. Yeah. I mean, and they'll tell you that that they, they, they're not even uh, ashamed of the fact that they uh, support such uh, awful uh, uh, concepts uh, as those two things uh, promote. Never worked anywhere. Uh, but how do we I hold th- back the woke tide? That's the point, right? 
Well, you got to pick. Uh, you got to pick your uh, your approach, and you got to have a strategy. I mean, I, I think one of the problems that Republicans have had is we're uh, way too emotional. Uh, we tend to react with emotion rather than uh, you know let the emotion clear, because once the emotion is gone, you are going to make a much better decision about how you go after these things and you dismantle the woke state that they're trying to create. But before we leave it. Uh, the encouragement that I would give to all your listeners and to you, uh, Andrew, is uh, my grandfather's Democrat Party is dead. Uh, there, he was a uh, you know probably uh, socially and fiscally conservative, but he was a proud Democrat. Uh, he could not be a Democrat today. The uh, the current party that identifies as the Democrat Party of America. And by the way, anybody who's listening, yes, I'm saying Democrat, not Democratic, because there's <laughs> nothing Democratic about that party. Uh, that party has gone so far to the left. I mean, it's fallen off the cliff, whether it's gender reassignment, trans, you know, those social issues, or it's the, uh, the, the green stuff, which we all agree we should be protecting our environment, but not at the expense of everything that we hold dear. And the list goes on and on. They have more problems than we do. The question for Republicans, getting back to how you win elections, is are you actually going to identify what the, uh, what the population, what the citizens are looking for? It's about the economy. All right. It's about crime. It's about the border. It's about our education for our kids. I mean, these are the things that are most important. And the problem that I think a lot of us uh, have and the anxiety that a lot of people are feeling is because this is not the majority of America. This is a small group of Americans that occupy some uh, uh, very important elected positions. And then they give they're given cover every day by a radical left wing media that spins everything. Uh, and if you want an example of that, just look at the investigation of the Biden cartel uh, that Hunter Biden was running. Uh, they've already uncovered uh, so much information. Uh, there, there's somebody else who got indicted, I think, last week for the exact same things Hunter Biden was doing. Right. But you don't see it being uh, reported through the mainstream media. I think that will change. We just got, got to keep the uh, the drumbeat. But uh, people better uh, realize they think we're not as smart on the on Main Street across this country as Americans are. They think they can just tell you like, oh, Bidenomics. No, it's fine. Uh, Janet Yellen tells us in committee last week, inflation is not, uh, a, not a, a sign problem. of declining uh, economy. Really? <laughs> Most Americans know it's it reminds you of that uh, comedian that used to have the uh, used to have the character Geraldine who would lie incessantly. And then when you'd catch her, she'd say, are you going to believe me or are you going to believe your lying eyes? Yeah. Right? Americans are smart. We'll figure it out. Oh, it's absolutely right. And when you turn to uh, foreign policy, it gets no better. I, I just was uh, shocked, really, by the vote. Uh, I think it was last week on the Abraham Accords to create a special envoy to to kind of restart what Joe Biden has killed at the end of the Trump administration. The Abraham Accords were on March. The peace in the Middle East between Israel and its Arab neighbors was on the march. It now has been halted, stopped. Nothing's happening. So there's legislation. Let's create a special envoy. Uh, 413 to 13 in the House. And who are two of the 13? Our oh, very yeah. own 
from the Twin Cities. And that is the movement of the Democratic Party. Though They may have 13 now or 20 or 25 in their, in their uh, group, but it's not uh, diminishing. It is growing within the Democratic Party. Yes, it is. Uh, and, you know, going back to it, because you're right, Andrew, the Trump administration's Abraham Accords were one of the greatest foreign policy achievements in a generation. And we got to remember that uh, we got to continue to build upon that success, not stop it. Uh, it, because if we do, if we build on it, we can ensure peace uh, and uh, you know peace and stability in the region. Uh, the National Defense Authorization Act, otherwise known as the NDAA, uh, for fiscal year 2024, is frankly being uh, addressed right now yep. in the House. Uh, the NDAA would require the uh, Central Command to engage in joint military exercises and extend the U.S.-Israel Anti-Tunneling Cooperation Program, which is an important operation to deter terrorist operations by Hamas. It would direct the Department of Defense to expand Israel's participation in multinational organizations and military task forces, and it would invest in our future partnership by adding another $50 million beyond what the president's budget uh, called for to research and develop uh, joint technology. Uh, our ally, Israel, is the best ally we have around the globe, and we need to continue to recognize that and uh, and celebrate that, despite a president that's calling them extreme, despite an administration that wants to interfere and meddle in uh, uh, things that are going on in uh, in Israel. Uh, where uh, Netanyahu is trying to institute some reforms with, uh, I assume, others, because you don't do this on your own. Correct. But no, I guess the Biden administration and this president and uh, people like Ilhan Omar uh, think they know better as to how to handle Israel. And uh, God forbid that they're ever given a uh, a real voice. Well, certainly Ilhan Omar knows not of uh, what Israel is about in all of its uh, foundational values, which are the same as those here in the United States, at least those held by most uh, Americans. But what you're talking about is peace through strength. And it is that policy that in all places in the world, but certainly in the Middle East, uh, applies and works. Tom, lastly, I just want you to comment. I want to give you the opportunity to comment about back here at home, the uh, governor's mansion, the House, the Senate, all controlled by the Democrats and what they have done in just a very short period of time. Uh, I haven't seen, I, I don't know that I can remember having seen it in my lifetime, but it is not good. Well, I, it's uh, it's actually sad. You know, I served with Tim Walls here in Congress, and he was actually somebody that, you know, he, he's, he has a bit of a, a, a temper, but... Uh, he, he, if you get him in a, a spot where you can have a discussion, he actually, you could work with him. And uh, I expected when he was elected, even though I supported the other guy, uh, I expected, well, he's a, he's an outstate Minnesotan. You know, he, he taught school down in Mankato. He's a, grew up on a farm, I think in Nebraska or his parents were teachers, but in a farming area. And I, I just thought he would govern for all of Minnesota. Uh, and frankly, that was his tagline, right? <laughs> no, of course, he's governed like a Minneapolis radical liberal from day one. Uh, it's been uh, really uh, uh, underwhelming leadership at the top. It's been a, uh, a tone of. 
do as we say or we'll make you uh, for the rest of his administration. Uh, And by the way, I I don't usually do this. You're a lawyer as well. But I'm going to criticize our Court of Appeals, I believe it was the other day, who said that he uh, had the power to require masks. Uh, This is how the court system destroys its credibility. Uh, You people, whether you're in the executive branch in Minnesota or in the courts, are not here to uh, rule over uh, everyday Americans. You're here to serve everyday Americans. So what do we get? We got uh, inexperienced, uh, immature leadership in the in the Minnesota House and in the Minnesota Senate. So they blew through $18 billion in surplus, Andrew. Yeah. Then they tacked on, if that wasn't bad enough, they tacked on another $9.5 billion in new taxes and fees. And then they passed all of these radical left-wing uh, uh, laws, including uh, this uh, family leave law that yeah. – uh, Great. Somebody can tell me I'm against it. I'm definitely against this thing because it defines a family member as someone who is like family. Uh, And then (laughs) correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew, but I think uh, it provides that uh, if you have someone like family who comes in to take care of you, their employer has to pay, I think, upwards of 32 weeks at 90 percent of their salary. First, I don't think that's constitutional. I don't see how it's enforceable, but forget those two things. Why would you want to start a new Main Street business in Minnesota if this is the kind of stuff you're going to have to fight uphill against? You'll just go somewhere else. It's an attack on small business. And it's not just that legislation. There were half a dozen pieces of legislation that were attacks on small business. And and you're right. You're going to go somewhere else. Andrew, don't worry about it. If it bothers you. Enough. All you got to do is, uh, thankfully, they legalized it so we could just get stoned to the bejesus. Yeah, that's we'll right. That's right. That's Tom Emmer, the majority whip. And thank God that we've got voices like his in the U.S. House of Representatives because, uh, boy, on the left, they're coming for you. <laughs> and they ain't leaving uh, for a second, and they're not slowing down at all. So we need to stem the tide, both here in Minnesota and in Washington. Tom, thank you so much for joining us on the Victory Hour today. Uh, pleasure to have you on, and we'll hopefully be able to do it again sometime soon. Yeah, in person. I, I, great to be with you again. Thank you. and the victory hour for the great work you do every week appreciate you andrew thanks tom very much that's tom emmer majority whip and representative here from the state of minnesota sixth congressional district and he's just uh just the best uh i can't uh say enough about tom emmer he represents us and our values and understands the importance of a strong america in the world for each and every one of us uh the majority whip. Thanks again to Tom. So we're going to be back after this short break. We're going to talk about a little bit. We touched on it earlier uh, about what's going on in Israel and the response that Israel has had to have against Islamic Jihad, terrorists in the streets and attacking civilians, firing rockets. We'll be back to talk about that as well as uh, a few other important updates Make sure to stay with us. In the meantime, go to ParkerDK.com for what is often referred to as an award-winning website. Premier litigation firm downtown Minneapolis, Parker Daniels, keyboard, wise counsel, winning results. Stay with us.
Parker, and thank you once again. Uh, that was a, a great discussion with Tom Emmer. Uh, what a great guy. And um, we gotta, we're got we not just going to continue to return him to Congress, but uh, he has, if you think about it, he has uh, like a rocket shot to the top of leadership in the Republican Party. Uh, from the state of Minnesota, generally considered, at least nowadays, a Democrat state. Uh, and that's somewhat uh, unusual. But it's because of who he is, what he stands for. Uh, he, is, he has a number of friends on the other side of the aisle. They disagree, but he is not. And, and, you know, kind of has grown into uh, the job of representative. And frankly, he would be a great senator. He'd be a great governor. Uh, he really, though, has grown into becoming very comfortable in the role. And you can, and you can see it. And it allows him to really reach across the aisle with authenticity. His word is his bond. Uh, and we need more politicians like him, really, uh, in Washington. He he can, you know, be brass knuckles, no question about it, and he held the role of lead uh, leader of the NRCC, which is a very political position and one that requires sometimes uh, some difficult talk uh, to win, but he handled it well. Tom Emmer. Let's talk about uh, Israel for a minute and what you may not have read a lot about. Um, the growing threat posed by Iran, and it continues to be. You know, they use the proxies of Hezbollah in the north, in Lebanon, just north of the northern Israeli, or on the northern Israeli border. Uh, they use the proxies of Hamas now, who are Palestinians in the Gaza Strip mainly. Other terrorist groups in Gaza as well as the West Bank, uh, I, they are not occupied territories at all. That is a false reference to, at most, disputed territories. And frankly, they should not even be disputed if you are honest about history, as well if you're honest about international law. Uh, but it's been so widely reported that they are occupied territories, that's what people refer to them as. But it's just simply inaccurate. In any event, these terrorist organizations operating under the nose of the Palestinian Authority and Palestinian leadership, with the knowledge of Palestinian leadership, firing rockets thousands over the last few years, thousands, into Israel proper. How long would the state of Minnesota sit and accept rockets being fired into our state from Canada, for example. 
from Winnipeg or even closer than that. Much closer, in fact. Uh, Not for a minute. One rocket would be fired, it would be an all-out war. But the Israelis don't do that. And by the way, it's the Iranian regime that props up these terrorists. They don't want peace. They want the destruction of the state of Israel. Not just the Iranians, but many in the Palestinian communities. Many. And unfortunately and sadly, it's been generational. 60 years of it, at least. Frankly, more. But at least since Yasser Arafat created uh, Palestinian Liberation Organization, the PLO. And in those 60 years, Israel has lived under terror, not knowing where the next threat might come from. And it is not about living side by side in peace, as it is for the Israeli population. 90% or more of the Israeli population. That is their goal and desire. And therefore, of the Israeli government, which is a government grounded on values, much the same, if not the same, as we have here in the U.S., We are not looking to oppress. We are not looking to occupy any others. We are looking to live side by side in peace. That is not the case of the generationally taught Palestinian in the street to hate their neighbor Israel. That is what they are taught. They are taught systematically in the schools, in all of their media communications, from video to audio communications, that is what they're taught. And this isn't rhetoric. This has been testified to in Congress. Evidence has been brought forth that cannot be disputed. Again, not just in their education system and in their media and their day-to-day drumbeat of hate, but in their systems of justice, in the hangings in the street, in the public notices, and in the religious institutions which are so important in Islam. From the pulpit it is preached. And again, this is not just rhetoric, this is supported by evidence, video evidence, routine. So what do you expect with this generational 60 years of teaching for kids now in the Palestinian areas to vote for peace, want to have peace? They're ticking time bombs. You could say not their fault, etc., but no matter whose fault, they're ticking time bombs. And giving them over their own country at this time 
to launch more terrorist attacks is insanity. There has to be a change in the culture, in the teaching. And the Iranians don't want that. And they won't allow that. And anybody within the Palestinian areas or the Arab areas that oppose it are taken out. So these Iranian proxies, it is the Iranians that are creating, in large part, not entirely, but in large part, the Palestinian problem and issue and holding them in despair and then they're, they're impoverished condition because it would turn the other way driven by Israeli policy first and foremost to turn the other way into having a Palestinian neighbor that flourishes in peace we're going to talk a little bit more about the attacks of late and the response by Israel on the other side of the break. Stay with us. Uh, it's the Victory Hour. And, you know, if you get the chance, go to the podcast, the Andrew Parker Podcast, over 300 episodes of the Victory Hour. Some very interesting ones on there. Might give you some ideas, some thoughts. We'll be right back. Go to parkerdk.com. Stay with us. Parker here. Good to have you with us today. We're talking about what's going on in the Middle East and specifically as it relates to Israel. Uh, oh, about uh, 10 days ago, we saw a growing threat that the Iranian regime is pushing, and the Israelis went in through their intelligence services and the Israeli Defense Forces seized thousands of weapons and explosives from the West Bank city of Jenin. Jenin is right on the border of Israel. It's like Minneapolis-St. Paul. And... What are these weapons and explosives for? The Israelis are not going into Janine. They are not attacking Janine. There is no reason to believe that, because there never has been any offensive action by the Israelis against the Palestinians, ever. It's defensive. Frankly, it's why they call the Israeli army the Israeli Defense Force. They are defending their territory, their citizens. 
Now, I know you're saying, well, the question is whether it is their territory, et cetera, et cetera. Again, we can have that fight another day, but it is not even a close call. That under international law, under the ongoing presence of Jews in the area known as Israel, the biblical area known as Israel, for thousands of years, even before Islam existed, and the archaeological digs that establish and prove it through scientific evidence, there just is not a question. But we can have the debate. So these weapons were seized from Janine. And Janine is... Uh, has uh, Iranian-backed Palestinian terrorists, Islamic Jihad, operate out of Janine. And you should note that Iran is able to provide millions and millions in death weaponry to the terrorists, which is what they are doing on in the north and in the south in Gaza and in the West Bank. And one of the reasons they're able to do it, not because their economy is on its back and just about to give way, which is where it was under the Barack Obama administration. It was propped up by the Iran deal in 2015 and Barack Obama giving over 100 to 150 billion dollars to Iran, saving their economy. And they have used that money to kill people around the globe, to expand their hegemony, to cement their control in Iran. That's how brilliant the Iran deal was. But now Iran has been able to fund terrorism in Janine and elsewhere in the world, let alone in the Middle East, but certainly in the Middle East and, in, and with regard to Israel with an additional $25 billion in annual revenue generated by selling illegal oil, much of it to China, in violation of U.S. sanctions. And what are we doing about it? What's the Biden administration doing about it? They're trying to cut another deal with Iran. Iranian exports have doubled since last year. Exports of oil have doubled. Since last year. How, how is that? How are we allowing that? It's now reached 1.6 million barrels a day uh, this summer. The highest level since 2018. Iran is now a juggernaut. When they were crippled and begging for some relief. Of course, they didn't act like they were begging, but effectively they were. And Barack Obama gave it to them. The massive source of revenue that Iran now has in oil exports, it reduces their economic pressure and it allows them to engage in their malign activity around the world. And uh, it, of course, helps China. There is nothing good about it. Nothing. Israel now has 
launched an operation last week in Janine to dismantle the terrorist infrastructure which has grown there. It's not an area controlled by Israel. It's in the Palestinian-controlled area. And it has become a war ground. Israel won't allow it. And they have every right to prevent it. As long as Benjamin Netanyahu is at the helm, God willing, this will not be allowed and it will continue to be rejected. Well, another victory hour in the books. I wish you would do and I uh, also wish you have a great week, but make sure to join us next Sunday, 4 o'clock, for our next episode of the Victory Hour. Thank you for being with us. Things are simple, and many can be expressed in a single word. Freedom, justice, honor, duty, mercy, and hope. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.